Welcome back to the Inner Network Podcast, where I chat with inspiring women about their career and advice to the next generation of founders, CEOs, and leaders in the industry. I'm your host, Kyla Kaplan, and today I'm joined by Alexandra Lawrence. Alex is a brand designer, educator, and founder of Align Skin. Her expertise in social media has led her to create Digital Brand Stylist, a creative marketing studio helping creative entrepreneurs ideate and bring to life digital-first brands. Most recently, Alex founded Align Skin, a skincare oil focused on simple yet luxurious ingredients. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and as always, I'll be leaving all of her links in the show notes. Hi, Alex. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. And, you know, typically I start off the episodes with like a quick game, but, you know, given that it's 2021, (laughs) it's a new year, I'd love to know what the most memorable part of your 2020 was and what you're most excited for this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love this question. Um, So 2020, most memorable, I'd say, So I really grew my consulting business, Digital Brand Stylist, and I launched um, an online course, which I thought was something I was going to do years later down the road in my business, but I really felt a need and really felt uh, drawn to launch it. And it was so fulfilling and just the women that came and signed up. And it was honestly, it was the highlight. Um, So that was wonderful. And in 2021, I'm of course looking forward to launching it again here in a couple of weeks. Um, but I'm also looking forward to hopefully traveling again here. Um, I've been stuck in my apartment, so hopefully we can start to travel and, uh, get some inspiration again. I know me too. I'm itching on when I can book that next flight, but right now you're currently located in Boston, right? Yes. In Boston. Awesome. Yeah. I love Boston. It's so beautiful there. But if the first trip that you have after quarantine, where would you go? Oh, so I'm between going out West, like a big kind of like out West trip, like hit you. I've never been out West, believe it or not. Um, Like I'd love to hit obviously California, but also like Utah, even Montana, Arizona. So I'd love to do a trip like that. But I'm also like, maybe I should just take off two months and just go do that. So (laughs) TBD, what's going to happen this year, but I would love to do that. Yeah, you definitely should. I'm currently in Vancouver right now. Um, I have family like on the island. So I've been here um, for quite a while since like the pandemic hit. So you definitely have to visit Vancouver and I'll definitely give you places to to check out. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I would love to do that. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I want to dive into things because I just want to get so many questions out and I just want to pick your brain on a bunch of things. So like you mentioned, you have a consulting business. Um, You also have a skincare line that's coming up, but can you just take us back on how everything kind of started for you? I know you worked at Stuart Weitzman for a bit as well. So can you just take us back from, you know, after you graduated, how did everything kind of fall in line for you in the industry? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I graduated Providence College with a degree in marketing and Italian. Um, This was in 2017. um, And I always wanted to work in fashion. I originally actually wanted to work in print. 
I like had still have a love affair with print um, and just storytelling and everything around that. So I didn't really know, you know, what my path was going to look like at first, but so I headed to New York naturally and I got my foot in the door first at Hermes on the PR team, which was like the devil wears Prada, to be honest. Um, I learned so much. I'm actually still friends like with my coworkers and my boss, um, but I learned so much in that role. And a lot of that too was learning what I didn't like. And this again was 2017 at the time. So as funny as it sounds like social media roles were just coming out, brands and companies were finally like hiring someone to handle their social. So when I was ready to transition away from Hermes, I started looking at these social media roles and I always have been, you know, had a social media presence, always had an Instagram and everyone, I started a blog in college and everyone would always give great feedback and say that I was like really talented in that part. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. But when I realized that I could do social media as a job, I was like, whoa, I want to you know, really explore this. So I got a role then at Stuart Weitzman on their um, global marketing team. And I was the social media coordinator. And it's so funny because you actually interviewed Brooke, Brooke Milo, who's the founder mm-hmm. of NGN Agency. And Brooke also worked at Stuart Weitzman. And she sat across from me. And I just remember like my first day meeting Brooke. So that's so funny that how <laughs> the world comes back around. I know. Yeah, and, that's crazy. Yeah. And now we both freelance too, which is really funny. But so we were both at Stuart Weitzman, but I was there while I was there. I worked on all influencer campaigns, also any creative that would go out on social media. So like coordinating, styling, all those photo shoots, of course, planning the content, Um, across all platforms from Pinterest to Facebook to Twitter to um, Instagram, of course. And I really like looking back, that was my social media MBA. Like I still look back at those experiences and the social media team at Stuart Weitzman, honestly, the whole marketing team there, I have such respect because I learned from everyone. The CMO, Susan, was absolutely a genius. Um, It was amazing to work there. So I really like kind of learned a lot while I was there and also like what social media looked like for a brand and that it actually could be a job um, and that it actually drove ROI and like it was really important. Um, But long story short, I got really like sick of living in New York and I was ready to go live somewhere else. And Boston was always um, like homey to me and I wanted to move here. So I just packed up and moved here I actually was at an agency for a very short stint. Definitely agency was not (laughs) the path for me, like way too fast paced. Um, And I was ready. It was very clear that I was ready to work for myself. I always knew that that was going to be my next step. Um, And I felt too, like at that agency role, I was a social media um, strategist was my title, but I really hated being pinned in just the social media world. Because what I love doing is building digital brands and I didn't want to sit there all day and just schedule content, you know, and like post stories. And I was getting really bored. And the best advice I ever um, got, I honestly forget where I got it from, but it was if you're ever feeling bored in your job, like it's time to move on. And I was absolutely bored to tears. Um, So I (laughs) quit that job and I would fell into freelancing, which is how I started my consulting business. So what I say now is that I help um, modern CEOs and creative individuals, I help them build digital brands, anything from their visuals to their website, to email marketing, to social media, um, and of course, they're all around digital presence. Um, 
And that's why I also launched Brand Camp, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, which is a four week course where um, anyone can come and sign up and you learn about like how to DIY all of this from a social media strategy to positioning to like marketing 101 things that like I learned in college. I teach those too. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at now. And with that, that's where Align came from. Um, I've always wanted to have a product brand and I finally felt time. So that's how that kind of came to fruition. So it's a very long path. I'm definitely not uh, done yet, but it's been a great journey. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds super exciting and, you know, I definitely want to get into that as well, but just kind of going back a bit with agency. It's funny that you say it's super fast paced because I can totally relate. I just moved into a new job and I was previously at agency and sometimes mm-hmm. it's just not for you. And But you know, you do learn a lot. So I think it's a good learning experience. At what point did you really say, okay, I need to get into doing my own thing, doing consulting? What was that point for you when you yourself was ready to journey into your own like venture. Yeah. Like I said, it was that day and it was, I mean, it was a number of days and weeks coming up, but it was really one day when I was, I was on social media. I kid you not 15 hours a day, like managing, I was managing five clients at the time, also my own account. And I was also helping like with the agency account and it was just way too much. And it was, it's just not how I operate. You know, I love living life um, off my screen and being unplugged. And I also didn't have control of the clients that I was working with. And to be honest, like I, that also was a light bulb moment for me. I was like, why do I have to work with these people? Like I could do this on my own and write my own rules and work with who I want to. Um, and I knew I kind of had to have a little confidence in that you know, I had the skill that I could go out and do it. And oh my gosh, yes, I definitely had those days where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I actually can't do this. Like no one wants to work with me. Um, but then there would, someone else would come along and like, they would just turn my whole perspective around. And when I started working with people that, what I call the creative entrepreneurs, like that, what that kept me going and, you know, working with them, they kind of lit my fire and my passion for what I do and helping them build brands and being able to actually see like my hands, like help them and see an outcome was so fulfilling. And that's when I knew it was time for me to step away from an agency role. Not that you can't see like ROI and like what you're doing when you're at an agency, but I just wanted it to feel more personal and with my own personal touch. And I knew that I had you know, my own perspectives and um, just like input and aesthetic and everything that I wanted to put on something and not follow what an agency or what someone else said, you know, is what, what I had to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, with what you said about just really trusting yourself, I think that's so amazing to hear that, you know, people that do want to get into that entrepreneurial side, really it just comes down to trusting yourself and really just knowing that you have the skills, you have, you know, the capacity and all of the stuff that you need to be able to do this. I mean, of course, you're going to run into, you know, some challenges and some obstacles, but at the end of the day, like you have to believe in yourself or else no one's going to believe in you. Yes, totally. And I think too, like everyone has a unique perspective. So when that doubt does creep in of like, you know, who would hire me? Like, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. I talk about this all the time. It's like finding that key selling point of you and your perspective and your voice or your aesthetic and your vision and bring that to the forefront and really focus on that because it's really easy to listen on social media to what everyone else is doing and watch what everyone else is doing and let that affect you. But 
I just saw this quote the other day, um, but comparison is the thief of joy. And it's so true. Like when you are comparing yourself to other people or other agencies and, you know, freelancers that can really kind of derail you. And it honestly took me like creating another whole Instagram account to like get my, you know, get back on my mojo because I was getting distracted and I wasn't, you know, trusting myself. And as soon as I did that, like it completely shift my entire Honestly, it shifted my entire business. Yeah, I feel And I feel like sometimes too, and I kind of get into that phase where I look at Pinterest, I look at other people's social media and I see this aesthetic that everyone has or everyone's kind of striving to have. And then I, you know, ultimately think, well, I have to fit that mold or, you know, my podcast aesthetic has to fit that mold. How do you overcome you know, that type of situation and really just having that type of mindset and really being able to essentially turn off that voice and really just focus on your aesthetic and what you really see for your brand. Yeah, honestly, it's so, so tough because I I love Pinterest. I love all the people I follow on Instagram. But honestly, my number one advice is, and I do this honestly, like very often is I'll go through a cleanse on my Instagram and I'll unfollow those people that quote unquote, like aren't serving me or that I find myself like really comparing myself to. And let's say, you know, I still want to follow that person. I can mute them. There is no shame in that. And that has allowed me to like clear my headspace because as a creative, like I can get really emotionally tied to my work and like what I'm doing. And even if I see someone like copying me, I take that really hard to, to heart. And like, I get really discouraged, like for a week, I'm like upset about it. And it's just better if like, I don't see that happening. And also like with the people you follow, you control that. So follow those people that are going to fuel you that you actually enjoy like seeing their content and honestly to feel like they're in a different lane than you because you want to follow people that are ahead of you because that's where you want to head. Um, And honestly, I spend a lot of time just like offline being creative. Like I will spend plenty of time still flipping through magazines, creating mood boards, like decorating my apartment, like really honing my personal aesthetic. And that's where like, I feel so solid in my taste and my style that when it comes to me creating content or even like a course or a service, I know it is so like uniquely mine and like my voice and everything is going to be stamped on that because I spend a lot of time really focusing and honing in on that. And that you can do that through like journaling, mood boarding. I honestly would say just take that time offline and really just work on that and hone that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super important. And it's funny, because that's actually a question that I had for you was, you know, what has been your favorite creative outlet throughout this, you know, pandemic, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, it's easy to get into a rut or get into a space where you maybe, you know, aren't so creative, or you're just caught up in the news, or, you know, there's things that can really derail you from just being a creative person and having your creative outlet. So what's been the favorite for you during the pandemic? Oh, yes. I needed so many activities during the pandemic. I, I like have to work with my hands. I think I've said this a couple times already, like I need to be offline and away from a computer. Like that's how I unplug. And since usually my fix is traveling, but obviously since we can't travel, um, honestly, really building a line and that whole design process. Um, I hired a designer, Michelle, um, from Rami Co, who is an absolute angel and so, so talented. And we spent months working on the branding together, which was so 
fun. I mean, like that was like a dream of mine that I've always had. I've always had this name like in the back of my head and I always knew what I wanted the brand to look like and working with her and letting it come to life was so like creatively fulfilling. Um, I also did like lots of mood boarding. We moved in the middle of the pandemic. So I had a whole new apartment to decorate. Um, I got into like jewelry making and honestly, I took some days off too and like would just take photos. Um, I love styling things and photo shoots and that whole, you know, all of that. So I would just block off that time and like on Friday and just set that aside for creative time. And I think that's so important to do is like put it on your calendar, like call up a friend and make sure you guys set that time aside um, and like just make that purely for being creative. I think that structured creativity, we sometimes need that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really just time blocking, but like for your creative space, your creative Mm -hmm. juices. So I love that. Um, You did mention Align and I'm super excited to talk about it. So, you know, I really want to know how Align grew and how it just came about. How did your passion for skincare translate into you now growing Align Skin? Oh, yes. Um, Align... So like I think I said before, it's always, so I've always had this name, Align. I honestly had it since, I want to say high school or like freshman year of college. I had this name, Align. I always knew it was going to be a brand. I just never really knew what the product was going to be. Like I dabbled with it, maybe being a yoga studio or, you know, but the core of it was aligning our, um, you know, our wellness and our health again. So when I, my mom um, was very into skincare and always has been. So I learned a lot through her about skincare. um, And we've always kept that like conversation between the two of us. Um, And I've always been passionate about simple routines. So as I've gotten older and I'm also a marketer, I realized how much noise and product there is out there, especially in the beauty industry, specifically skincare. Cosmetics is another whole story, but specifically skincare, I feel like there's so much noise. There's so many products and I get really overwhelmed. Um, And honestly, as much as I like to research things, like I don't love sitting around spending hours researching the best skincare. Like it just doesn't interest me. So I realized that there was definitely a space to kind of break that noise and simplify this um, ritual that everyone has, Um, you know, in their morning and their evening, they always are doing their skincare and they want to take care of their skin and, you know, feel their best. So I also noticed um, throughout like a lot of this research and kind of market research, all these like reaching statements and claims on products that seemed like good for you or clean and that they were wildly expensive or they had like awful ingredients and they were all kind of just marketing. Um, And that's when I really grew the passion to change that. And that's when a line really started to bud. And I was looking at the problems that I faced as a consumer in the beauty and skincare industry. And I started to build a brand around it and what I would want to be sold to um, and what I wanted to use. And that's really where the passion kind of grew from. I, you know, I've always loved simplicity with, especially when it comes to my beauty routine. And finally it was like a light bulb went off one day and I was like, this actually could be a wonderful product. And that's kind of where that, where it started um, growing from. Yeah. And that's so exciting. And I'm so excited to really just see, you know, the whole brand, the whole product come to life. Can you tell us a little bit more just about, you know, the ingredients, what can we expect from a line and how does it translate into people's current skincare routines now? 
Yes, this is probably my favorite question. Um, there's so many benefits to it. Um, my number one and my favorite, which actually was really important to me, um, I can also tell you too about like how we came up with the formula, but the number one thing was that I wanted it to rapidly absorb um, because I don't love moisturizer personally. I find that it's really like sticky on my skin and I feel like my skin can't breathe sometimes. Like it feels really like hot. Um, if that makes sense. So I never really was like a fan of these heavy moisturizers and also like living in a cold climate in Boston, like having water-based skincare when you're in like really cold temperatures, that's going to freeze. So I always would have an oil when it would, especially when it would come to winter time and the cold temperatures around here. So, but they always would like kind of stick on my skin and I didn't want that like you know, that really slick kind of look, I wanted it to absorb and I wanted a glowy look. So that was really important when sourcing the ingredients. Um, so one of the main things that we use is avocado oil in the formula, which is really prized for cosmetic use because it's very high penetration and it's rapid absorption. So what that means too, is that it carries the nutrients deep into the skin where it's needed. So it's not sitting on the top of your skin, you know, like some oils, it's actually bringing it down into the skin and it absorbs rapidly. So it's not leaving that oily residue on our skin, like so many other face oils that can clog our pores or get on clothing or stained bedding. Um, so my favorite way to use this is in the morning, like right after the shower, I put it all over my face, my decollete, my neck, like my arms, I put it everywhere. And I kid you not in about two minutes or five minutes, it's already absorbed. And if I apply my foundation, like right then and there, I get the most flawless, effortless, like glowy foundation that lasts all day long. Like it's airbrushed. And that has been my favorite way of using it. Um, it also soothes sunburnt skin. Like I said, it protects against the cold, which is wonderful. Um, kind of at the core of the line, since I do live um, on the coast, it's, you know, it's meant to be tossed in your bag when you're going to the office or when you're at the beach, or if you're, you know, walking in a snowstorm and want, you know, to apply some, you're also welcome to do that. Um, but yeah, there's so many different, I'm trying to think of another one. Um, almond oil is another ingredient that we use too. Um, because that reduces the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles and also even skin tone um, because the retinol and vitamin A that's found in almond oil. So we really, when we were making the formula, my mom and I, we really tried to pick few, but really purposeful ingredients. Like we didn't add in anything just so it would sound, you know, fancy or like an extra um, you know, any, well, there's no fragrance, but we didn't add anything extra like that, that would make it, that wasn't serving a purpose. And that was something that I really was looking for in skincare. You can look at like the top brands and go read through the ingredients list. It can be 20, 30 ingredients long, which to me is like, what are those and what are the purpose? What are they doing? And I really was asking why. So when we made that formula, we really tried to pare that down. Um, so the formula actually is only five ingredients. They all serve a purpose. There's avocado, almond, rosehip oil, vitamin E, and tea tree oil. Um, and it's just a lovely oil to be used all over, not only on your face, but also your hair, your nails, your legs, um, anywhere and everywhere. Well, I first want to say you described my dream product, and I'm so excited to get my hands on this because... I feel like I've gone through the same struggles that you have just mentioned of, you know, not having something that absorbs very quickly and just 
the ingredients is so important to me. And you Mm -hmm. also mentioned that, you know, as you were going through the formulation and really just doing the research about the product, what has been your favorite resources when it comes to just educating yourself on, you know, the types of ingredients that are out there? Because, you know, a lot of things and a lot of products can be very misleading. And, you know, there's a whole controversy and topics around greenwashing, but what has been your favorite resource when it comes to really just educating yourself on the ingredients and the stuff that you're using on your skin? Yeah. Um, well, I'll definitely send you some, so you'll get, you'll get your hands on the line for sure. Um, oh my gosh, there's been so many, like truly TikTok is awesome for resources. Um, but definitely having your resources vetted, right? So like, I love listening to a bunch of different dermatologists on TikTok and also like skincare by Hiram. I love him. Um, he also is like so knowledgeable in ingredients and like explaining, you know, what they are. So I love him. Um, honestly, I Googled a lot too, just finding like reputable articles and lots of medical studies. That was actually something, um, my mom's a doctor. So I really kind of relied on her to kind of decipher and read through a lot of these. So that's why we made such a great team when formulating it. Um, because we would read so many studies on, you know, the chemicals that were, that aren't banned here in the U.S., but are banned in the EU. Like what are the main, um, you know, bad ingredients to watch out for. So that also like really educated us. Um, and I also really was listening to the experts in the field. So not only like the dermatologists and the skincare experts, but also fellow clean beauty founders. So like Tara Foley, who's a fellow, um, Bostonian, she founded Folane and she has like a wealth of knowledge in the clean beauty space. So I started like surrounding myself with people like that, listening to every podcast or like interview or anything that they had also to absorb their knowledge. Um, and that was really helpful, but there's so many, like, honestly, go to YouTube, go to TikTok. Like there's awesome videos out there and experts that you can learn from for free too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really good, that's good advice. Cause also with Hiram, I love watching his videos. He's awesome. He has so many, yeah. So many products that he recommends and he really goes through, all of the different ingredients and really talks through it. Whereas, you know, some other people that make YouTube videos, they just go through the actual product itself, what it actually says on the packaging versus yeah. going in depth. So yeah, I really appreciate that. And I also wanted to get your take on legacy products because I feel like growing up, you know, you see your mom using things, your sister using things, and they kind of become legacy products, like how people call like Estee Lauder, for example. What advice do you have for, you know, somebody that's maybe like a teenager going into, you know, their early 20s, and they really just don't know where to start with beauty products and skincare products, but their basis has been legacy products that may not have the best ingredients overall? Yeah. Oh, I love this question. Honestly, too, it goes back to like that research. Like there are awesome products out there, like, uh, like CeraVe, for instance, that you can get at drugstores. Um, so honestly, like go watch some of those experts, like skincare by Hiram, I think like is one of the key ones that can actually give you a whole skincare routine. That's like so approachable and like, you don't have to have luxury skincare. And that's kind of the main thing too, like with a line, like I want it to be affordable luxury. Like I want it to be accessible and skincare, I think especially has gotten like this huge luxury stamp on it. And the prices of some of these products can be absolutely insane. It's funny. Like my mom and I actually have this text messaging 
we will like text back and forth all of these products whenever we see them or like an influencer talking about them we always swipe up and look at the ingredients and I won't drop any names of like these brands but one in specific in particular it had like it had all these claims that like oh it has honey and like it you know all these like reaching remarks of like how transformative it's going to be and it was literally like a hundred dollars and we're looking through the ingredients it's like 30 ingredients and I'm seeing like the three top main offenders of like bad ingredients and you know, it's that there, like the lack of education. And, you know, I definitely had that lack of education in the skincare space. So definitely I'd say go and watch from experts, dermatologists and ask. Um, and also just Google is an amazing resource, <laughs> like start Googling um, of what's good and what's not, especially like, you know, your typical drugstore products, like a lot of those aren't clean. So maybe start like researching, you know, what's a clean dupe for X product and see if there's something that a brand has already made. I think that that's a great start um, as well. And I'd say really ask yourself to what products do you use? Um, Because for instance, like eyeliner and mascara, those are two of the main dirty skincare um, or makeup products. So start there first and see if there's an alternative and you don't have to, you know, change your whole skincare routine maybe at the start, but really like look at those products that you're using the most or that you could maybe do without. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of brings in the statement of like less is more. And I just absolutely love, you know, just paring down like what you really need. Like you don't need 10 different shades of blush or bronzer and it's just you know your core beauty products is really all you really need so I feel like I need to ask you because you know you're very well versed in skincare and makeup and beauty what are your favorite skincare products that you use on a day-to-day basis oh yes so I really have pared down like if you open my cabinet there is not a lot of skincare in there. And that's honestly, thanks to a line has like replaced many of my things. So you will not find me like using any moisturizer, but a line. Um, but I love, love summer Fridays. Of course I love, um, the CC me serum. I love their cleanser. Um, and of course the jet lag mask, like those are three that I use religiously. I really, really love those. Um, I also love Sunday Riley's retinol, um, which is a wonderful retinol. Everyone should have a retinol in their skincare routine. Um, Align doesn't have one yet, but TBD. Um, But that is a wonderful retinol. It's like not too harsh. um, And I really, really like that one. Um, And I love the ordinary too. So actually kind of answering that question that you said, if someone's, you know, looking for clean skincare, the ordinary, you can get it at Sephora and lots of other places so affordable, um, you know, $5 to like $15. They have wonderful products. Um, and I love using those. And with that, I did a lot of research of, you know, which ones I needed and what they were actually going to do for me. And I love like my Aquaphor and CeraVe from, you know, the drugstore. Those are also two products that I use religiously. And honestly, that's kind of it between like And then I do a line um, every single day, multiple times a day, all over everything. And that has kind of replaced lots of things for me. The last thing that I love, which I actually just got, um, highly recommend anyone, Peace Out Skincare does a retinol eye balm. It's super cool. I absolutely love it. It helps with like dark circles um, and just really the under eye area, which I don't know about you, but I've been looking at computer screens and not sleeping. So I feel like that has definitely helped, but that's an awesome product too. I've never heard of that brand actually. So I'm going to have to look that up, but 
I mean, I've heard of Summer Fridays. I've heard so many great things and I've used The Ordinary as well. And like those two are amazing. And The Ordinary is super affordable. And then when it comes to Summer Fridays, like, you know, it's good. So it's kind of worth the splurge. Like if you're going to invest in skincare, like invest in a line, invest in Summer Fridays. Like, you know, those are the core things. And, you know, I know we talked about skincare as a whole in terms of like what you look for and stuff, but I did also want to get back into like the business side of things. Like when it comes to, you know, growing your brand, when it comes to digital branding for a line specifically and your consulting business, what are some of the challenge and obstacles that you faced and how have you overcome those, you know, throughout the years that you've been doing this? Uh, Yeah, there have been so many obstacles, honestly, a huge one is that doubt that can creep in of, you know, I'm not talented or I have those times when I'm really burnt out and like, just honestly, like tired of what I'm doing and the work I'm doing. But what keeps me going, especially with those obstacles is that passion, to be honest, as probably cheesy as that sounds, but really finding those and whether it's the people you're working for or the problem you're solving or the brand you're building, really being passionate about that. And I think that has, that's what keeps me going. And that's what like pushes me to keep solving problems. I absolutely love solving problems and I love helping people. Like I will ask why 10 times on a phone call for clients and really get down to the root of like what that problem is, like why it's bothering them and what we can do to change that. So I think like those like that will really bring around my passion to get through those obstacles. And again, like I really love building brands like that has, and it's taken me years to figure out like, oh, that's what I like to do. You know, I didn't know that, especially like one, two, three years out of college. Um, But I really love beautiful things and aesthetics. And if I am having an obstacle or like a really tough day, I'll take that time to like go back and like I'll design something or do something that I get joy out of. And oftentimes that'll like give, get, get my mojo back. So I can like, you know, just get back on track. I can pause and strategize on like, what are the solutions I can do before, you know, I tackle this obstacle or, you know, what is the next best thing that I can do for this? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people too sometimes don't take that step back because I think that's super important, like you mentioned, to really just take everything in. You know, how are you going to go about this obstacle or whatever it may be to just really take that step and that breather? Um, I think that's always so, so important. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so, like we just talked about earlier too, like it's so important to press pause and get offline and take that time for you because especially when you're an entrepreneur and especially when you're working in digital marketing or digital, whatever you are, you're kind of trained to not turn off and you know, your emails on your phone, you have people DMing you, you have Slack messages. Like I know I get overwhelmed a lot with everything coming at me. So it's so important, like, especially when it is tough decisions or obstacles, like take that time offline, pause, strategize, like write out those pros and cons and really think about the solutions before you go jump into something because you're guaranteed to make a better decision than, you know, kind of rashly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you've also mentioned this, like, you know, throughout a conversation of just putting yourself first. I mean, of course, you're juggling, you know, your consulting business, growing online and also taking time for yourself. But what does a typical day like look like for you right now? Like, can you walk us through what your weekday and or like weekend looks like? Yeah, I've tried so hard to like bring some structure back into my day and do those little things. Currently during the week, I 
love going on a morning walk for coffee, um, given it's very cold here in New England, but I actually kind of love the cold. So it's very invigorating to like bundle up, go out at 7 a.m. And I go on a walk just around the city, a long walk. I grab coffee. I'll listen to podcasts. I It just really clears my mind. I'll call my mom too and catch up. We'll talk about a line. And I really love starting my day like that. And then I'll come back inside. I'll tackle emails. Um, I try to get, I honestly loathe emails so much as that might be horrible to say, but I hate emails. So I really try to like check those off at the beginning of the day because I'm the most productive in the morning. So while I'm fresh, I try to get those done um, as well as creative work. Um, I've recently tried to limit my phone calls to and meetings to only three a week. Cause I realized, especially during COVID, they really were burning me out. Everyone wanted to connect and like have a call. And, you know, even if it was a 20, 30 minute call, it would derail me from the rest of my day and my task. And I'd be like, so exhausted. And I mean, I love, cause I love to talk maybe, but I would love connecting with people, but it would really distract me. And I needed to like stay on task. So I try not to do meetings. Um, honestly, during the week, I try to keep that very limited. If I do do meetings, I try to like stack them on a Tuesday. So they're all in the same day. And I have those other days completely free because I get so much done when I have a whole day with no interruptions. Um, so that's been like a nice routine to get into. Um, and the weekends are, you know, it's winter here right now. So it gets cold and dark, but um, we'll go rock climbing. We'll go up on a couple of trips around here. Just really try to get outside and get offline um, as much as I can. And I also work on a line a lot, which is really fun. So I do that either during the day when I can, or a lot on the weekends, like currently I'm building our website, um, working on packaging and also social. So that is honestly just so fun to me. So that feels like a really fun release. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you talked about, you know, just stacking meetings and really just, you don't always have to connect with anybody. Like I think it's people, especially at the start of the pandemic, you know, put pressure on other people to overshare, over communicate. And I feel like at this point, like that's just not the case anymore. And I think time blocking is so important. Yeah. Uh, putting time in your calendar for a walk, like you mentioned a morning coffee walk. I think it just refreshes you. Um, and I think that's so important. So one thing too, that I wanted to touch on, and I love asking everybody that comes on is their pinch me moment. I always love to hear, you know, what your pinch me moment has been and, you know, what's been the most memorable thing that's happened to you throughout your career. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think honestly, it's bringing a line to life. I think I've had like, you know, some pinch me moments of like inquiries and like things that I've gotten done, but seeing a line come to life and like actually holding a product in my hand. And I'm like, I made that, like, that has been so cool. And seeing people also excited and reacting to the brand is so, I can't even describe it. It's so, so cool. So fun. I've also had like a couple of retailers reach out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like people actually want this. Um, cause it's funny, you know, when you're starting on that journey I mean, thankfully I had my mom with me like along the way, like, you know, we could, I had someone to bounce those ideas off of and go back and forth when we were like, kind of, you know, building a line and like coming up with like what it is, but that definitely like, and that took like a year to get everything. I mean, years, honestly, to get everything 
ironed out. So to finally like see it here in my hand and people excited about it and ready to buy it is just, it's really cool. Yeah. And I love hearing too, when you speak about a line, cause I can just immediately tell the amount of passion and the amount of hard work that has clearly gone into it. And it makes me excited for you and it makes me excited for the launch. So, um, you know, I'm super excited and, you know, I want to just end things off with what advice do you have to give for, you know, the next generation of entrepreneurs? Obviously you've gone through the industry in different you know, verticals, and now you are an entrepreneur doing your own thing, like what advice would you give to people that are wanting to follow a similar career path? Yeah, honestly, just start, like, don't let fear hold you back. Um, Also, if you're, if you want to build a brand, a digital brand, like a product, um, make sure there's a need. And like, if the world can't live without it, like what is this product? And really try to answer those questions ahead of time because it's a lot of work. Um, I mean, currently right now I'm growing two brands between digital brand stylist and Align. And I mean, again, I have such a passion for it. So it really doesn't feel like, you know, a burden to get everything done. Like not at all. I love doing it. So I'd say just start and really make sure you answer that why question. Um, that's your homework. Me as a marketer and a like consultant, please, please answer your why. Like, why are you doing this? Why do people need it? Um, I think those are really important to know. And as you know, really don't let anyone hold you back because we're all unique. We all have our own perspectives and it can be really hard. Like I know with the line, like we are not the first skincare brand, obviously to come to market. We are not like, you know, we're revolutionary in our own sense, doing certain things differently. But at the end of the day, we're a skincare oil and there's lots of oils out on the market too. So don't compare yourself, like try not to compare yourself um, and really try to hone in on what you're doing. Um, And there's plenty of space for everyone too. So really focus on what makes you unique and your voice and your aesthetic and all of that. And that will definitely, if you like stay true to that, that's going to shine above all other brands and everything else. And people are going to recognize that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that advice. And, you know, I just wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I know we've been, you know, playing phone tag and it's, <laughs> it's just so nice to like, like get to really know you and get to know your brand. And I just really appreciate, you know, talking to other women in the industry that are so passionate and what they're doing and really just getting to know how they came to be, you know, what they are now. And it's just great to see, you know, the success that you've paved for yourself and just more to come. And I'm so excited for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, this is such a joy to come on here. So thank you for having me. Um, And I'm also excited for Align to be here. So I can't wait for that day.